If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guests and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lori Bischoff. Let's start talking some shift. So today, my lovely show producer, Christy, and I are going to be, well, we're going to talk a little bit about getting ready for 2021. Yes, we're almost there, you guys. 2020 is almost behind us. Or is it? <laughs> I think, right? I mean, give us some I, hope here, Lori. We want it to be O-V-E-R. Bye. Well, you know what? <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be over. However, if we don't kind of check ourselves with a new mindset and maybe some new ways of looking at some things, it's going to just feel like a continuation because, you know, once January 1st or 2nd hits, um, it doesn't mean like flipping a switch, everything's going to magically change. It's going to be just like it is now, it, you know, unless you have some new plans, a new mindset, because it's going to take a while for all of the outer conditions to shift. So, you know, with, with what's looking to be like a new president and, you know, with COVID still hanging around, um, nothing's going to happen right on January 1st. So that's such a good point. It's like, we've been talking so much about 2020 and how awful it was for most people. And I know I have kind of just set that in my mind, like, well, 2021's coming January 1st. We're all good. You know, like you said, with our, with our political news as well, we kind of just expect a restart. And you just made me realize that I'm going to have to put in some work to make that happen. <laughs> yes. Otherwise what happens? We end up doing the same things, thinking the same ways, and then we just, um, make our past, you know, we just bring it with us into the future. Nothing really changes. So I think uh, we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about presolutions. Yes, I said presolutions. It's my made up word. So don't everyone start scrambling to, <laughs> to see what that is. It's not in the dictionary, I don't think. But we're going to talk about that and I'll explain about that in a little bit versus resolutions. Uh, we'll talk about some strategic planning for new goals. And um, of course, everybody's favorite vision boards and visioning. We'll talk about the difference a little bit. And then I'm going to give you some really good tips on do's and don'ts when it comes to vision boards, because uh, there's a lot of people that do them and then they don't work and they don't know why. So it's a fun project to do. And I think a few tips will help kind of get you going if, uh, if you're wanting to start doing something like that, or if you haven't had success and you want to take another run at it. So that's what is up for today. And by the time this show is over, you should have a pocket full of new tips to get you going off on a good start in 2021. Do you make um, new year resolutions, Christy? I always look at it as a time of kind of renewal and um, growth and kind of looking at planning for the next year. I'm not mm -hmm. a big fan of like the word resolutions and I've just had so much better experience with implementing a routine that I can do every day and look at it, looking at it as like a system that I do every day, not just, you know, a resolution for the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. It's such a slippery slope, right? 
Yeah, no, it really is. I, first of all, before we go any further, I have to clarify, is it new year resolutions or new year's resolutions? Because I believe it's new year's resolutions because they belong, these resolutions belong to the new year. And one of my pet peeves, Lori, is maybe <laughs> something I can work on in the new year is the incorrect use of apostrophes. Okay. So uh, in my vast studies in, in this area, it is definitely new year's resolutions with okay. an apostrophe S just okay. so everybody knows. You know, cause I, honestly <laughs> I've been saying it both ways. I'm like, I don't actually know which way is correct. And had I placed a bet, I would have lost because it's, <laughs> what I was thinking was most likely the right way would have been opposite of what you just said. So um, fact checkers over there in the wings, please um, get back to us <laughs> on that. <laughs> For now, I'm going to go with your take, Christy. Um, all right. So here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of resolutions um, at all. Kind of the same thing that you said. I just sort of do my thing all year long and I don't wait. Um, and here's the thing. Anyway, by Valentine's Day, 80% of people that have made resolutions um, have abandoned them, completely abandoned them. Um, usually within a week, over a quarter of people have abandoned them. And then again, you know, by mid-February, poof, they've evaporated. So, um, you know, I just think that when you, when you don't um, kind of lay the tracks ahead of time, and then you feel like all inspired and you're, you know, you've had, a, you've had, weeks of holiday celebrating and you're just like, you're sick of yourself and you're sick of your diet and you're sick of, you know, laying around and you go, you have champagne and you go, all right, this is the new me this year. And everybody's inspired and, and maybe a little inebriated and you have some big, you know, you have some big goals and, and then what happens? I mean, you just, um, you lose it. You lose it. So I think that when that happens, it can set you up for feeling like a failure and feeling discouraged. And really, it's not because you didn't have the willpower. It's probably, it's more so that you didn't plan uh, strategically going into it. So then it becomes more like, you know, you're going to try to have this great wish and power your way into it, but without a really good plan and a shift in your mindset, you're probably going to fail. 80% of people fail. So, so that can just kind of bring us down further, right? When we feel like we tried and we didn't succeed, then it's like, well, right. why try right. again? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you just sort of fall back into your same old patterns and that's what happens. And then you just keep repeating the same cycles. So here's the other thing I, I feel about if you're starting to feel as you get into the last quarter of the year, like, okay, you know, I'm ready for some changes or I'm ready for some new goals, uh, whatever they are. But then you say, that's going to be my, my new year's resolution. It's really kind of a form of procrastination because now what you've done is you've just said, I'm going to wait and I'm going to set that goal starting for the new year. But, but now, you know, it's only like maybe the middle of November or December. And so you just sort of have given yourself an excuse to not do anything between now and then about it, which is really what just more it's procrastination. So I feel like if it's something, you know, that's really like calling to you and you're really feeling inspired about it then you would want to jump into it now rather than put it off. I, I think I see where you're getting the resolutions part here, Lori. Mm -hmm. This is starting to make a lot of sense to me. 
Okay. And also I feel like this way, maybe I won't gain another extra 10 pounds in the next six weeks that are just going to be harder to get rid of when I start the new me on January. Exactly. Cause that's what happens to most, um, the, you know, a big chunk of most people's resolutions have to do around health. So, you know, whether it's eating healthier or losing weight or getting more fit or usually all of the above. Um, if you wait and say, I'm going to wait till I get through holiday season, cause what's the point? Um, you know, you dig a deeper hole. So now you just have a deeper hole to climb out of, you know, come January 1st, or really it's January 2nd, because probably on January 1st, everybody's watching football, eating wings and drinking beer. So, you know, it's not a good day to say you're going to start your new journey toward health for most people. Anyway. Okay. So resolution. Um, Obviously I realize that that word means you're, you know, you have made a definite decision to resolve something, you know, to bring it to, um, to some sort of a, a solution to enclosure. Um, but if you're doing it over and over again, you really haven't solved anything. So if you, you know, and that's what happens when people are making the same resolution every year, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to, you know, um, find a new job. I'm going to lose weight, whatever it is. If it's the same one year after year, then you really haven't resolved the issue, right? It just keeps popping up. So I think we got to look at this as a pre-solution. And so if you look at just the, the, if you think of it spelled out, it's like a pre-solution. So obviously you want to take into account the things that you need other than just the wish and the willpower in order to set yourself up for success. So that's going to require taking some time. This is part of your resolution process. It's taking some time to think about your values and your beliefs and then working through some quality questions. And we're going to go through those. You've heard me talk about those before. Quality questions are really, really key in shifting your mindset and your behavior. So we're going to get into them in a second. But those quality questions are going to help you get into the internal, um, like the internal components. Um, and they're going to, you're going to get clear on what those are and get them in place. And that way, when it's time to launch into the action part of your solution, you'll have a well thought out plan and then your values and beliefs will be aligned with what you're trying to achieve. Does that make so, sense? Yeah. So we're about to dig real deep. Is that what you're telling me, Lori? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Get ready. Yes, girl. Yes. We're going to dig deep. So, okay. Let's talk about, um, let's use the example of health because that is what most people are feeling like diving into at the end of, or by the time you get through New Year's, right? You're really ready to do some sort of eating or diet or exercise or combination of all of the above. Um, so here's the thing. The new actions of, of exercising and eating differently have to be supported by these internal components, new beliefs, new um, values, and they have to be around specifically around health if that's the goal, right? So if you don't develop a new like value hierarchy, then the new habits that you are going to uh, try to develop to support the goal are not going to stick. So to have success with new health requires that you first look at what you've been valuing in the past more than your health. 
<laughs> like so, cheat yeah. days and pizza on Fridays with the mm-hmm. fam. Right. Exactly. If you have habits that you know, and again, we're talking about habits. We're not talking about the exception to the rule. What you do once in a while isn't probably going to phase you. It's what you do all the time. So it's the habitual pattern. So maybe it's not just pizza, you know, on Friday night, because that's what maybe four times a month, but maybe it's if you're having pizza on Friday and pizza on Tuesday and (laughs) fast food on Wednesday. And you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's the pattern. All right. Um, so if that's valuable to you and if you are, um, you know, if you're going out to eat a lot, depending on what you're, you know, usually when you're going out, maybe you're having drinks, maybe you're having dessert. So it's, it's a lot. So if those are things that are valuable to you right now, and you're not willing to move that to a lower part of the, the higher, the health hierarchy, uh, and it's going to stay up there on the top, then you're probably, you're going to struggle, right? Well, yeah, especially because like here in LA, going out to eat is pretty much the only thing we can do right now. So (laughs) definitely want to keep that on the list of things that we can still enjoy. Yeah. I mean, and you can, you just have to think, um, think about where you're going and what you're going to have that's going to support your goal. Right. So, uh, and and, you know, even going out to eat like in California right now is still pretty limited. I mean, you know, what restaurants are still only letting you eat outside. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so you've got to be like out on a sidewalk or in an alley. If God forbid, it's a restaurant that doesn't happen to have a patio. (laughs) You could be anywhere. That's that's pretty much what we're working with around here these days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're scattered far and wide. So the, you know, the ambiance is really missing now. It's not that fun. It's really probably more fun to gather at your, your, friend or family's house and, you know, plan a meal together or every, or pick up to go food and, you know, have it together. But, but anyway, yeah. So, okay. So some quality questions. Number one, what am I habitually doing and placing more importance on than taking care of myself? So that's the first quality question. You got to figure out what you're doing on a regular basis that's sabotaging you. You got to be able to call it out, right? All right. Question number two, am I willing to make some things less important because now I want my health to be a top priority? So some of these questions kind of sound the same, but when you look at them and attack them from different angles, a lot of times you, you pull out different beliefs in, your, in yourself that you didn't realize. So answer the question, even if you're, even if you're saying the same thing you just said before, but again, just having it posed a different way sometimes prompts a different response. All right. Because yeah, it, it's not easy to kind of look at ourselves in this way and get really honest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so key. You have to, you have to call your own bullshit. You have got mm-hmm. to look at yourself in the mirror and go, what I'm doing is not a good idea anymore. <laughs> if I want to achieve the new goal, the transformation, you know, the, the new whatever, then I have to be really brutally honest with myself and say, this is, if I keep doing this, I'm not going to be able to have that. So you, you can't keep trading, you know, what you want right tomorrow for what you want right now. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy habit, you know, because we like, we like to have what, what we want right now, you know, we're, for, we're, for sure. Yeah. We're well, one, a, one way ahead. that I like to look at it too, is it like, I, I always, I know all the things I want, right? I want to be healthy. I want to be skinny. I want to feel good when I look in the mirror, 
but what do I really want? What I really want is to be able to sit on the couch, eat the pizza, watch the TV. And, yeah. and I pose it to myself in that way because I go, no, 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 no. What you really, really want is to be able to feel confident when you look in the mirror. Like, let's just walk ourselves through that process and get, again, get really honest. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a battle between your mind and your body. What your body wants is to sit on the couch because that's more comfortable than pushing it to get up and, you know, do 15 minutes of, of exercising or 30 minutes of cardio. Right. So your brain has to, you have to be willing to have like this collaboration between your brain and your body, right? You have to be able to negotiate and your brain always has to win. Your mind has to be the one in control, not your body. If you let your body be in control, it's going to be like, no, we're going to sit on the couch and eat the pizza and watch, you know, binge on Netflix because that's comfortable. That's really nice. I, you don't, you know, it doesn't require much. It doesn't require power, brain power, right. body There's power. There's no pressure anything. there. No, no. So your mind has to say, have the negotiation, which is basically like, no, you're going to do this because this is because I want the result that's going to give me. And then I'll reward you by watching, you know, a movie and, you know, eating some, something a little healthier later, <laughs> right? So you have to remember who's in control because otherwise your body will start becoming your mind and calling the shots. And once that happens, forget about it. Slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So question number three. Are there some things that I need to learn to set myself up for success? So if you've tried, you know, um, dieting or exercising or whatever, whatever the, the uh, initiative is that you're trying to pull off now, if, if, if you've done it before and you haven't had success, then maybe it's time to ask yourself if you need to learn some new skills if you need to educate yourself a little bit more. So maybe it's not a matter of you just can't do it. Maybe it's just a matter of you don't have all of the tools, the knowledge, the skills you need yet in order to be successful. So that's, enough, that's the, the third quality question to ask yourself. What, what do I need to learn? So this may require a little research is what you're saying. Sure. It may require some research. It may require a little trial and error. It may require if you can manage it to hire some help. If you need a, you know, do you need a trainer? Do you need a coach? Do you need a nutritionist? Do you, you know, so whatever your resources allow, whatever level you're at, there's a way for you to get some skills and it, whether it's self-educating or hiring some help, either way it's there, it's available to you. So, so, you know, use it. If you want, if you want what you want badly enough, you'll do the things that you need to do to learn, to up your skill level, up your game so you can achieve it. And as your podcast producer, I want to remind everybody to look back at the hundred episodes we have of great stuff that can cause mental yeah. shifts, relationships, health shifts, all the things, just saying, we got them right here. It, that's true. I mean, all of them are full of all kinds of shifts, as Christy just said. Um, so whether it's mental health, um, emotional fitness, it's, it's all there. A lot of food, it's all there. So we, we, we strive and aim to please and to give you all of the new knowledge that you need to set you on the path of transformation that you're looking for. So, all right. Number four, are there some things that I need to unlearn? Okay, like false beliefs, um, 
like a uh, false belief that's super common is I'm just not worthy enough to make the effort. Believe it or not, that is a very common belief that a lot of people have. They, they don't have the, the self-value and self-worth to feel like they're really worth putting in the effort and taking, you know, taking the time to, um, to create the strategy, just keep going. So, so there may be some things you need to unlearn and that's why it's important to go into your belief system and your values and question them quality questions so that you can see if there's like a, an obstacle there that maybe was sort of just below the surface of your conscious awareness that you need to address. And I'm guessing this is kind of where, again, the pre-solution thing comes in, because as you're talking about this, it makes so much sense. Like this all takes time, you know, to kind of plan for your success. And like you say, research and find out what diet plan is going to work for you or, you know, what it was before that was really holding you back. I mean, this makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm realizing now that we don't really go that deep with it. How did we expect to be successful when we weren't addressing right. these things? Yeah. And that's why working with um, a coach or, you know, an expert or a teacher can be so valuable because a lot of times they will ask you questions that you, it didn't occur to you to ask yourself. They'll ask you to think about some things from a different angle, a different perspective that will, you know, give you some um, aha moments and really help you kind of shift your mindset, shift your belief system a little bit and help get you to the next level. All right. Now, these are going to be some of my super favorite questions. There's five of them, and uh, I can't take credit for these. These are questions posed by one of my really favorite, favorite spiritual teachers, Michael Beckwith. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he has the um, Agape Spiritual Center in, in L.A., um, He's, he's everywhere. His books are amazing. He is absolutely fantastic. He's the real deal. I love his work. I've learned so much from him. Um, maybe someday, maybe someday we'll get to have him on. Um, but here, let me read his five questions that are so brilliant. I know that they'll help you. Okay. Number one, are the goals I want to set coming to me from outside influence or are they inner driving desires? That's a good one. Because what if you are someone um, who is, maybe you're in a partnership with somebody and um, you feel okay about yourself, but your partner is maybe dropping hints that you are maybe needing to shape up in some way, shape or form. So then you decide, oh, maybe I need to do something. That's that's when you need to ask, now, is this really something I'm, you know, strongly desiring? Is this a driving need for me? Or is this just something I feel like I should do because somebody else hinted that I should? Yeah. And if that's the case, just a little sidebar, maybe you want to look at some um, new relationship goals instead of health goals. And maybe it's getting right. a new man just... Just a thought. You know, you know, that could be, it could be if it's a relationship thing, it could be something else. It could be somebody, you know, it could be a, a uh, maybe it's a younger person whose parent is saying you need to, you know, you need to do X amount more years of college or something. And you're like, I don't really want to do that, but you're feeling pressure. Right. So, mm -hmm. so that would be another way to look at it. Depending what it is, sometimes, yeah, you got to let go of some things. So we'll see. We'll see where we go with that. Um, okay. Here's question number two. What must I become to manifest this vision? So, 
a lot of times we have goals and visions of things that we want to do or be or have, but we're lacking, again, lacking some skills or lacking some knowledge or lacking some, maybe some aspect of our character needs to be developed. Uh, so in order to manifest the vision, there may be some more work that you need, need to do, become aware of in yourself. All right. Hey, well, I, I love that because I know all the manifestation gurus are always saying you have to already be what you want to be and see yourself as being that person that you, that you are in the future, you know, and it, the way that you're breaking it down seems a lot less um, whimsical. Yeah. And, and a lot less idealistic, maybe? Well, right. Because it's the, the other way is good, but it's only part of the equation. Right. So, you know, and we'll talk about that when we get into visioning more. So that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's incomplete. Mm -hmm. The other part is, yeah, have it, affirm it, but you, you know, there may be some action required on your part. <laughs> there usually is, right? <laughs> so that's what we're talking about there. Okay. Number three, what do I already have in my house that I can use to serve the vision? So in your house, meaning in your wheelhouse, all right? Like, um, like what, um, what uh, traits um, and skills do you already possess? So for example, we may already have um, some, some traits like commitment and self-discipline, responsibility, and maybe we're directing those all toward a job, but we're not really directing them toward taking care of our health, for example. So we can now choose to go, well, I have the resources. I'm just, and I'm applying them over here in this area of my life, but I'm not applying those same resources and characteristics to this area. So then we can just choose to refocus. Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering if another aspect of that too is even the actual physical resources that you have. I know so many people who want to start a, a business or a, or a hobby or something that they know will bring them happiness or even an income, but they think, oh, I need, um, you know, I need a camera before I can start the YouTube channel or, you know, I need a, a, a basket weaving thingy before I can start basket weaving, whatever it is. And, um, you know, you can start a YouTube channel with your phone. Like you have to look at what you already have, even I think in, in the physical yeah. sense, because so many people let that hold them back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Excellent point. I know even when I was um, first starting podcasting a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, what, what do I need? Well, I, you know, I really only needed a couple of things. Some of them I already had. And then, then there was a bunch of bells and whistles that I wanted, but I didn't need to wait until I got those, you know, to get started. So that is a really, really good point. There's a lot of things you can start doing right now. Okay. Number four, and we kind of already touched on this a little bit in my questions, but what must I let go of? And of course, what I must let go of would be, yeah, maybe some bad habits some bad patterns might be a who, who might I need to let go of. Um, that might be, yeah, keeping me from, you know, becoming my best self or from attaining my goals or whatever. So that's, that's a good one too. Number five, are the thoughts that I dwell on in alignment with the way that I want to experience life and the type of person I want to be? So are your habits of thought in collaboration with what you're doing and who you are showing up as every day? So that's a good one. That's a good one. And I know that's a tough one. Um, you know, we all know that the way you talk to yourself and 
and the what you, the words you you call yourself are so powerful but that is the one of the most difficult things i think to curb and to control really you know like i know going why are you such a loser oh my god you're such a klutz oh my god. I know that is not helpful to me and will not help me be less right. klutzy, uh, but yeah. it's hard not to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's not impossible. And it's, and it's hard only because it's become an ingrained habit. So if, right. if you're somebody that is in the habit of negative self-talk, then it's, you know, helpful to try to, um, you know, read something every day that helps you shift your mindset into something positive. If you have to put post-its around on, you know, in the places that you are in your house, you know, your bathroom mirror, your refrigerator, you know, your, your the doorway, wherever you know you're going to pass by, you put these little reminders. And that's why we talked about in one of the just um, recent episodes, having a gratitude box. It's a mindset practice so that you can get yourself into the habit of, of dwelling on the thoughts that serve you and move you forward rather than, you know, listening to negative self-talk. So to break that <laughs> habit, right, you have to, you got to do something about it and start having some new practices. The sticky note on the fridge should not say, stay out of the fridge, fat butt. No, <laughs> please don't <laughs> say that. <laughs> God. I've often thought, you know, if I just print out the photo of me looking my worst and smack the, blow it up and smack that, put it right on the front of the fridge, I feel like that would do the trick. But from, yeah. from what you're telling me, and I trust your judgment, Lori, maybe, yes. maybe that won't be my resolution. Please just put a big Q on the fridge for quality question. Quality like, question. are you, are you really hungry? Uh, are you looking for something that's going to really fuel your body? You know, so put your quality questions on the fridge or, or a cue to remind yourself to pause and think about what you're doing. <laughs> so much better. Oh so my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when you ask yourself the questions, it's going to really help you kind of, um, broaden your perspective and cause the mindset shift. Um, and that's going to just obviously put you in a better place to achieve your goals. So starting the pre-solution process now, pre-solution, that way you've got time, a little bit of time so that once you get through all of the holiday hoopla and you're ready to roll up your sleeves and get busy, you already have a plan of how you're going to achieve this goal. And you're not just like jumping into it, like, you know, going from, from New Year's Day into, I'm going to do a 24-hour fast. I mean, good luck, you know. <laughs> Lori, you know me you. so well already. That is exactly, precisely what I would do. Precisely. Right? And then you're going to be like starving and, and then you're going to be like, now angry. what do I have? So, yeah. Right. Yes. Hangry. <laughs> Nobody wants to be around you. That's that's not how I, you're right. That's not how I want to start 2021. That's how 2021 was, or 2020 was. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, (laughs) let's get a game plan together, people. All right. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit about vision boards. Okay. Vision boards, vision boards um, became super popular and the thing to do when everybody started uh, watching The Secret. So all of a sudden, you know, everybody in the planet was vision boarding. And um, have you ever done one? 
Yes. And Lori, I'm sensing that you're like a little cynical or something about this. And I'm kind of wondering where that's coming from, because I'm sure you have a better way. Uh, but I do have some experience in this. And I feel like the one year that I did it was the greatest, most successful year of my life. Yeah. I achieved almost everything on it. It was the crudest piece of that bright neon pink cardboard you can get at the grocery store. And I just took out a Sharpie. I am not an artist. I wasn't about to get caught up in the clipping the things and printing stuff off. I just needed to get it on the board where I could see it. And it totally served its purpose. And when I was moving out of my apartment, because I got the big job that was on the vision board, I went, oh, guess I don't need this anymore and threw it right in the trash can, which I wouldn't have because just for, you know, a good memento sake, but it absolutely yeah. served its purpose. So I'm, yeah. I'm a big believer in the vision boards. I am too. I do love vision boards. I did my first vision board in 1987. Oh, so, so, you know, and, and I had a similar experience in 1987, my, my kids were like toddlers. They were like two and three. So I was reading, um, in one of my spiritual books that I was reading, talked about vision boards and I kind of had this rush of inspiration, kind of like what you just described. I had this rush of inspiration and all of this emotion behind it, which is very key. And I did, I had like this really ugly sort of money green color piece of poster board. <laughs> um, not that money green isn't lovely, but <laughs> for a poster board and a vision board, it, it wasn't exactly cheerful, but it served the purpose. And yeah, I had like crayons and some, I did have a couple of things that I cut out of, you know, magazines and some paste. And I stuck all this stuff on there that I wanted, um, to come to pass. Um, and, um, and blessed it and put it in a closet and forgot about it. And then now all of my things, um, did come to pass. They didn't come to pass in one year. It took longer, but they absolutely all came to pass and they were big things. I mean, there were things like, you know, my husband wants an airplane and that was, and we couldn't even pay our, our cheap rent at that time. So it was like, it was a stretch. It was a reach. You well, know? it was really thoughtful of you to be manifesting yeah. something for your husband as well. Yeah, yeah I did. All right. Well, you know, we all benefit, but my first vision board was all very family focused. So it was like, what, it was like, what do, what do we want, you know, to achieve? Where do we want to live? What do I want the relationship and the family dynamics to be like? like forever more about the whole, the family as a whole than just my individual. Since then I made individual ones, but that was my first one. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the main purpose, right? Of a vision board. So the whole reason that you do one, if this is something that you feel like you would enjoy, if you don't feel like you'd enjoy doing a vision board, then don't make yourself do it because you're not going to have the right energy behind it. And then it's pointless because the energy is so key. So if you're that's like, a, that's uh, such a great point. Um, right? I, cause I wanted to make vision boards. My birthday is late December. And last year, everyone's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? What do you, you want to do? free birthday. I'm like, what if we all get together? I'll get poster board, magazines, scissors, the whole thing. And it'll be girls night and we'll all make a vision board. And that went over so horribly with my friends who are very enlightened and like very, you know, they believe in manifestation and know we have to set our goals and do our things. And nobody wanted to do it. I was shocked. Lori mm. shocked. Yeah. Also, it's my birthday. You should do whatever I want, but right. How rude. How <laughs> <I know>. rude. <laughs> 
I, they ended up going out for vegan tacos. So, it, you know, oh. they made their sacrifice. It was fine. I appreciated it. But, right, you know? Yeah. So the key is to have a vision board party in it, and it's by, you know, invitation if you want to come. That way, the ones that show up really want to be, be there with their Martha Stewart craft kit. Yeah. And the ones that don't will be out having tacos saying, join us when you're done. Right. <laughs> Fun so, for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. But the whole point of it is to have a way that you're called to, to give you some, um, some more clarity by getting really clear on your goals. It helps you identify your goals, get clear on them, because it's a time that you've set aside to really think through them deeply and then have to actually find, um, you know, phrases or affirmations or words or pictures that, you know, that symbolize the goals. So you're really kind of getting deep into it. Um, the second thing is they, um, they can reinforce your daily affirmations. So if you're an affirmation type of person and you've got a vision board that you've made sitting in front of you or you know, on your wall or wherever you put it, um, it is that reminder, again, to train your mind that that's what you're aiming for. That's what, you know, that helps you every day ask yourself the question is, is the day I have planned is what I'm about to do moving me closer to that vision and those goals or the other way? Is it moving me further away? So it's a constant reminder of, of the direction that you have determined that you want to go. Right. Um, and yes, if you're an affirmation type of person, you're really affirming what already is. So it's like, okay, this is happening. This has already happened. I just have to catch up to it. What do I need to do to catch up? Well, I need to do these things that move me toward that. Right. And acknowledging any success or progress that we do make, I think can really help you keep going, right? Absolutely. Always acknowledge what you've done that is, um, you know, bringing you closer to the goal. That is some measure of success. And even just the smallest things, um, because they're still, as long as it's moving you in the right direction, right. always acknowledge it. Um, and again, it helps you keep your attention on your stated intentions. So your goals are your intentions. That's what you intend to experience at some point, right? Achieve, experience, whatever word you want to use. And so in order to make sure that that is going to come to pass, you have to keep your attention focused on it. So that's another great thing for a vision board is um, constantly or consistently, I should say, it doesn't have to be constant, but consistently checking in with it, making sure uh, you're staying on course. It's almost like a compass. You're it's a compass and like just a great little rhyme that we can remember. I think any of those things that stick in your head make it so much easier to kind of check in with your intentions, you know, right? Yeah. Every, every few hours, if you're like, oh, is my attention on my intentions? Well, that's just fun right. to say. <laughs> there you go. So fun is good. It's, you know, good energy and we want good energy attached to the board. Um, you want to make sure that um, uh, it, it's helping you how do I say this? A vision, a vision board can help keep you in a state of grace because it reminds you to be grateful for what you already have. So by that, I mean, even though you've put things on the board that you, um, you know, are moving toward, that you want to experience or have in your life, the very fact that you have the luxury of time 
and to sit down and actually be able to not worry about just basic surviving. You actually had time to think about goals, which are for a lot of people, those are just anything beyond survival needs are a luxury, Mm -hmm. right? So if your goal is I want, you know, a different career, I want a a new vehicle, I want to live in a different, a bigger house somewhere else, you know, whatever, whatever the material things are or the, or the personal goals are, um, if you, if you actually are in a place where you have time to think about that, then that alone is something to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, I think privilege is a word that we've all heard a lot this year. And I always kind of think of it as, <clears throat> again, yeah, being having a, a roof over your head and having the time to pursue a goal or your passion or think about what do I really want to do? That is a privilege. And so when I don't feel inspired to do that, I try to think about the people who want to and can't. Um, and, and think about if I'm not going to do it for myself, at least maybe do it for all the moms out there who are just so busy taking care of their kids that they can't work out today. I'm going to, I'm going to, I won't do it for me, but I'll do it for them today. Perfect. And make a note of this because my internet just dropped and I, and I, we froze for like 20 seconds. So, all right. That yep. should, shouldn't. Okay. That was good. So, enough. yep. Just <laughs> a little note there. Okay. <laughs> Yes. So, so when that's, that's a really, really good point. And, um, when you are in that state of grace and that state of gratitude, um, that is hopefully that's generating a sense of joy in you and being in a state of joy is, is it's like the highest energy vibration that there is. There just isn't anything higher when, when you're talking about the vibration of energy than being in a, in a peak state of joy. So anything that you can do to get yourself feeling joy, you know, in some way, shape or form and gratitude is a really great gateway to joy. Um, that is, that is a good thing. Um, so if you're feeling discouraged, always lean back toward what do I have to be grateful for? What's good in my life? What's working right? Okay. Now, the next thing, let's talk about reasons that vision boards usually fail for people. Number one, they put too many pictures on their board. I've seen, because I, I used to do vision board workshops. <laughs> oh. um, so I've done, I've done quite a few workshops and classes where, you know, a group of people we gather and then I teach them how to do in a vision board and we you know, spend a couple of hours. And I see, um, it's, it's very interesting what you see. Um, some people are, you know, it's very, very neat and organized and, um, methodical. And then some people it's like this massive collage. So (laughs) a lot of times, a lot of times when you have too many things going on, um, it can um, make you feel overwhelmed and a little chaotic. And so a cluttered visual um, can make it harder to focus. So, you know, if you've got some, some, like a whole bunch of stuff smattered across, like in a collage format, um, well, it's chaos breeds chaos, right? So if a vision board is to help you get clear and stay focused, you want your vision board to look kind of clear and focused so that, you know, when you're, again, it's your compass, it can't be pointing in all directions at the same time. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) You're either not going to go anywhere or you're going to go in circles, right? (laughs) So... 
just try to be a little bit methodical in what you're putting on your board. All right. So, um, and if, if you're putting a lot of different things on your board, that means maybe that you've got to take a pause because you're probably not clear on what you want, which is the second reason that vision um. boards fail. If you're just not really clear on it, you have lots of fun wishes, but they're not really driving desires. Mm -hmm. So that's a different story and that's going to get different results. Okay. Vague, vague desires beget vague results. So think about that. All right. So too many pictures, not clear about what you want. The third one is um, where to place your completed vision board. Oh. Okay. So that's a good one because um, some people you want to put it where you can see it all the time because maybe um, this kind of a mindset and this kind of focus is kind of new for you still. So you want to have it where you can see it all the time so that you have that constant reminder. Again, the mindset training, right? right. Now, if that's already something that you're pretty good at, you don't have, um, you know, you're not like dealing with a lot of negative self-talk. And if that's not your thing, you may not need to have it in your face every day, in which case you can just tuck it away somewhere and look at it on occasion. Um, for me, when I did mine, I like literally put it in the back of a closet. I forgot I even had it. Then when I pulled it out, you know, sometime later, I went, oh, look at that. And everything happened. It's time to make a wow. new board. <laughs> yeah. But for some people, you really need it there to keep your focus um, right in front of you and help you with your mindset. Um, the other thing is, so it, if, it sounds like this is helping us kind of twofold in the initial activity of doing it, figuring out what we want, what is important, setting our goals, and then also maybe being reminded every single day is part of it, but we don't, everybody doesn't need all of that. Like figuring out what works for us. Yeah. Figure out what works for you. And here's the other thing. If you have other people in your household, um, depending on how supportive they are, may determine where you put it. So if they are all about it and think it's awesome, yay, rah, rah, they're your biggest fan, and, then, and you're not shy about having it out there, great. Put it where you don't mind anyone else seeing it. However, if you have um, somebody in your house that is not all about it and is not supportive and doesn't have anything good to say about it, then you might want to make it and tuck it away where only you can see it, you know, because the last thing you need is somebody else kind of crapping all over your big inspired dream board, right? Well, yeah. And again, if that's something that you deal with in your life, maybe putting a new living situation um, right. is on, should go on the vision board as well. Cause we just don't yeah. need that around us. Right. Right. So, you know, that might be, um, give you something else to think about there. <laughs> okay. The fourth, uh, reason why vision boards fail to work is lack of belief. So, you have to be somebody that can actually think this is really possible for you. If you're putting stuff up there going, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen, but I'd like it, but, this is, but you don't have any real belief behind it, then it's kind of impotent. There's just, there's just no juice there, you know? I mean, <laughs> Your vision board needs a blue chew. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yes. So... You have got to be able to um, really associate yourself with your goals. You have to believe they're possible. You have to believe that you deserve them. So that's back to that self-worth 
thing we talked about earlier. Um, and back to investigating the beliefs that you hold. Um, you know, if you've got low self-esteem, low self-worth, um, you have to tackle that because those things can sabotage, you know, if you really believe that this could come to pass for you, the things that you've put on your board. All right. Okay. You are just bringing us full circle, Lori. I love it. I know. That's my job. <laughs> okay. Number five, no action on your part. So here's where balls get dropped. The vision, the board, the journaling, the wishing, the praying, the crystal gazing, whatever it is you do, and I'm not knocking any of those. They're all awesome. However, if you don't take any action, then it's all just fun stuff to do. <laughs> yes, my tray of crystals is very beautiful sitting on my coffee table. It's gorgeous. <laughs> right? serves, serves a great decor purpose. Yes, and I have rocks and crystals too, <laughs> but I don't use them as, uh, I don't worship them as my false gods. You know what I mean? They are not going to make my dreams come true. They are lovely and they probably have some great energy. However, mm -hmm. We have to be the generator. We have to go out then and make something happen too. You, um, you've got to maintain your focus. You've got to have your good intentions. You've got to keep the faith, but you also have to take some steps and get some momentum going. Because right, once you, do, once you figure all this stuff out and you're really clear, you can't just sit and wait for you know, stuff to, you know, Amazon's not going to deliver it to your door. You have to go out. You got to pound the pavement a little, you know, in, in a sense, you have to make some shift happen. Amazon may not be able to deliver it, but I feel like Lori Bischoff can. <laughs> so I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Totally. Um, and then, so watch for, um, watch out for opportunities. Don't get so hung up on the actual, and we're going to talk more about this in a minute, on the actual thing that you put on the board, like the symbolic picture that you put on the board. Um, what you're looking for is, is opportunities and that could show up in the way of unexpected, you know, uh, invitations. It could show up in chance meetings. It could show up in ways that you're not anticipating. So you really have to now, once you've stated your intentions and you've done all this work, now you have to, and you're out looking for opportunities, but be prepared to receive opportunities in a form that maybe you're not expecting. So just be open and really like, be just like, excited about what might come my way that I'm not even thinking about. Cause it might even be something better than what you're thinking, than what you've put out there. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the universe always has a better idea than we do. So always be open. Okay. Last um, reason why sometimes vision boards fail. Your thoughts about other people and what you desire for other people conflict with your goal. So if you are envious of other people's good fortune um, or their relationship or their lifestyle, if you're judgmental, if you're critical, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you are creating drama or promoting drama in any, you know, all of those types of thoughts and behaviors, they can really negate your own, your own good and block it from coming to you. So that's kind of what we meant when we spoke earlier about who do I need to become? 
are you a person of good character? Are you a person that want, wishes the best for everyone? Because if you're wanting all this good stuff for your own life, but not for that person, no, they don't deserve it. No, that person is evil. No, then um, that's a conflict. You're mm -hmm. asking, right? Yeah. And even if you're not, <clears throat> excuse me, going so far as to like wish poorly on someone else or to wish for what they have, but um, to just be too focused on what other people are getting. Mm -hmm. um, I think we tend to look at that as that means I can't have that either, but really that means it's possible. Like look at yes. what other people have and go, I can do that too. I know them. I've done the same thing they can do. They got it. I can sure get it. And I can maybe even get it, you know, more the way I want it, more of what exactly I want. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone is demonstrating what's possible. If Ooh, right, that's is, powerful. Right? So what everyone is demonstrating what's possible. And that means in a good sense, all of the good that is available to everyone, but it also people are demonstrating um, what you don't want to be or do or become. So don't be one of those people. <laughs> right? That's that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to your point, that, that was a really good point to bring up. When, when you see someone else that has things or has experiences, uh, is going through life in a way that you think would be wonderful, that you would like to have or experience, then that's a sign. If it's possible for them, it's possible for you. So maybe it'll show up differently. That's why you need to be open, but it's, um, but it's possible. And that's what's being modeled for us all around us every day. Yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful message. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So final words on that. Don't get too attached to the symbols that you put on your Board. So like, um, you know, let's uh, back to the, um, the health um, example. So if, if you've got um, weight that you want to lose and you want to get into more fit condition or, uh, you know, put, put a picture of someone that looks fit and healthy on there, but don't get attached to that picture. You're not trying to look exactly like that person. You're trying to you're trying to get the experience, right, that, that they represent, which is fit and health and energy and vitality, right? So don't get attached to the symbols. Attach yourself to the ultimate experience that you want to have. The symbols are like um, vehicles that bring you to the realization or the experience that you're trying to have. They're just symbolic. And really, the experience is never going to be exactly what we thought it was, good or bad, maybe better than we imagined, or not what not live up to our expectations. So I feel like that's great advice. If we attach ourselves too much to that, then we're just disheartened when it doesn't work out the way that we maybe expected and that we don't see is the right way for us yet. Exactly. So if your board has like classes and training, maybe workshops or something on it that you want to take, then that means that's symbolic of you wanting to learn more and have more skills. And if your board has um, like money on it, which most people <laughs> does, right? That's symbolic of wanting more abundance and prosperity. And you can experience that in ways that don't necessarily look like I have to have a million dollars in my bank account. You can still have the experience experience of abundance and prosperity without that exact thing happening in your bank account. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just don't get attached to that, to the vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay. So 
What else do I have? Visualizing. That's it. It's a little, just a little bit different than like a vision board. So they're mm-hmm. kind, but they're, you know, they're connected. Um, first of all, there's super powerful, tons of powerful research out there coming from UCLA and all sorts of other reputable sources um, and hard science proving the effectiveness of creative visualization. Visualization. I always stumble over that word. I don't know why I use it. <laughs> It's a lot of syllables, Lori. We'll give it to you. It's fine. A lot, lot. Creative (laughs) visualization. There we go. Do it. (laughs) Visualize daily if you can. So basically the things that you just put all on your board, or maybe you're journaling about it, but visualize in your mind um, what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like physically and emotionally and what you'll be doing. So if fitness, health and fitness is your thing, then you're going to want to sit and in your mind's eye, um, feel like, what is it going to feel like when I feel like I'm healthier? What is it going to feel like? It's going to feel like more energy. I'm going to feel stronger. I'm going to feel like vitalized, you know, revitalized and nourished and just ready to go out and be on fire and attack my day. So, you know, and how will you feel emotionally? I'm going to feel more capable. I'm going to feel more confident. So all of the things that, that that's going to give you, that's what you want to focus on when you are doing some sort of visualizing technique. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the components are number one, you must have a strong desire to create what you plan to visualize. And now that you've got your vision board out, you know, and you've done that, you've got clarity around that. Um, Number two, the belief, again, you have to have the belief that you can have it and that you deserve it and that you will attain Mm. it. Um, Number three, you have to be able to see yourself accepting it, believe it, see it as it's already done. In other words, affirm it. That's what an affirmation is. It's affirming that it's already happened. And then for the feelings around it. So feel the emotions that you want to have, that you know you'll have when you have that. And that's like like that is the whole ball of wax right there. Those are <laughs> That all is the whole board of vision, <laughs> right? It's the kaleidoscope that that you can just focus on right now with your resolutions and your vision boarding and your um, visualizing techniques. Get ready, get set and that way, when 2021 gets here, unless you're going to start now and not wait, which, hey, if you can get your stuff together, get your shift together now. Don't wait. And you will enjoy, actually, you'll enjoy your holidays even more because you're going to feel like you're not going into a vast dark hole. You're going to feel like, you know, you're literally skating over the top of it and you're going to like be coming into 2021 hot. Yeah, you've changed my whole outlook on the next six, seven weeks, the whole like the life that's going to happen for me in the next month versus the next six months. I just, I'm blown away by this, Lori. Thank you. Yay. Of course. That was fun. All right. So if you 
loved what you heard here today, people. Please give us some comments. Let us know what you think. Um, tell us if you made a vision board or did any of these things. We would love to hear about it. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss anything good coming up in the future. And of course, it means a lot to us if you would just take a minute to give us a five-star rating. Yay! I think this was a five-star episode. <laughs> it absolutely was. Five, five point five. All right. Excellent. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with Christy and I again today. If you would like some um, coaching, some ideas on what that looks like, just head on over to lauribishop.com, and you can find out what Private Coaching with Me is all about. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy. Stay visioning. And make some epic shift happen in your life. You too, Gary Vee.